Welcome back, Brooklyn Nets fans. It is time for the 2022-23 Nets season preview. Very excited. The season starts on Wednesday against the Pelicans. I know the Nets have a pretty tough schedule to start out, but hey, I'm just happy Nets basketball is back. They looked a lot better in the last two preseason games. We'll touch on that stuff, of course, but we're going to talk about everything. The rotations, how I feel about the team, expectations, their projected win total, some of the injuries going on right now, all that type of stuff for this upcoming season. Hope you guys enjoy. Leave in the comments your predictions for this year, and let's get into it. So the Nets win total from where I looked, I forget where it is now, but it was 50 and a half. And I think it's pretty fair. I mean, if you guaranteed me health, I would say it's probably a bit higher. But knowing the Nets and knowing that stuff tends to go wrong here... I think 50 and a half is a pretty fair number. Of course, last year in this situation, we were in a different spot. I mean, the Nets at this point last year were the finals favorites. They were projected to win it all. And now they're here as like one of the, you know, top five, six, seven teams, but they're not looked at in the same light as the Milwaukee Bucks or even like the Celtics or the Clippers, Golden State, and teams like that, which I kind of like, honestly. I feel like when you are finals favorites, there's so much pressure on you, so much that could go wrong. And now at least the Nets, I mean, they're there. They're like right there on the doorstep of being like in that finals conversation. But at least now people are kind of writing them off or not taking them seriously because they just assume that, hey, the Nets are not going to be that good. Kyrie's going to have something happen to him. And Ben Simmons hasn't played in so long and blah, blah, blah. Too many injuries. Steve Nash stinks. And all the narratives are out there about the Nets not being good this year. And we all get that. But anyway, so the preseason has concluded four preseason games. The Nets played the first two games against the Heat and the Sixers, and it looked pretty ugly for the most part. The Nets had a good second quarter in that first game against the Sixers, and we kind of got glimpses of what the big three looks together with Ben Simmons, Kyrie, and KD. Uh, Those guys played in every preseason game. Kyrie missed one game due to the birth of his kid. Congrats to Kyrie. But outside of that, they played in all uh, the three other games together. Ben Simmons quickly fouled out last night. If you guys watched that game, he fouled out in like, my God, like 13 minutes. So Ben Simmons has to kind of take it easy there. But um, the first two preseason games, I left a little concerned. I try not to like, you know, react too hard or too much to NBA preseason. But at the same time, Ben Simmons was not looking that great, but it's the first time he's played real basketball in a long time. I get that, but the offensive flow was not that great. The energy level was not there. It just felt like kind of like last year. So I was a little concerned. Then they come out versus the Bucks on the road. They have a road trip with the Bucks, and then the T-Wolves was last night. And they looked great in that Milwaukee game. I think it was an ESPN game. And they came out, had so many great offensive sets. They were so focused on defense. They held Giannis to like 6 of 22. Of course, all these social media outlets, they would post the Giannis dunk on Ben Simmons, which was an offensive foul, by the way. But the Nets did a really good job on Giannis. They played great defense. Chris Middleton was out for the Bucs, of course. But I left that game very encouraged for how the Nets could look when they're hitting on all cylinders. And that was still a Nets team without Joe Harris, Seth Curry, Edmund Sumner, if you want to include him, and TJ Warren, of course. So to see the Nets play that well against a really good Milwaukee team that took Boston to seven last year without Chris Middleton, um, I was impressed. Then, of course, last night they go to Minnesota. 
They have another really good offensive outing versus the Timberwolves. You know, Ben Simmons took a bit of a step back. He fouled out very early, as I mentioned, but still, I think Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving looked awesome. Kyrie was like, you know, in Anthony Edwards' face, clapping, playing defense really hard. So, by the way, I didn't, I forgot to mention this with uh, the Bucks game. I can't stand Giannis. Like, can he, can he stop diving at Kyrie's ankles? Like, my God, like, do you, do you intentionally try to hurt a guy every time you play him? Like, it just drives me crazy. Like, I get Giannis is amazing, but, like, the guy is so reckless. It was a preseason game, bro. Like, you don't have to dive at people's ankles, but anyway. The main thing with the preseason is that they left it pretty unscathed for the most part. The three stars are healthy. I know Joe Harris got kind of re-injured during that time. We'll talk about that in a second here, but, like, the, the big three is still intact for opening night. That's great news. And now we can touch on the injuries real quick. So, Seth Curry, ankle injury, of course. He has not been yet cleared for five-on-five. I guess there's a slight chance he plays opening night on Wednesday, but I'm not really expecting that. I'm kind of expecting it to be like maybe a couple more weeks. I mean, there's no point in rushing him back. Seth Curry might have a pretty, you know, decent-sized role on this team this year, so I would not rush him back. Joe Harris, this is the frustrating one, the concerning one. Um, Joe Harris had this foot soreness come up like last week, and I think Joe played in the first preseason game, looked very rusty, had an air ball. His second air ball might have been blocked, I don't know, but he was looking very rusty. So Joe Harris didn't play the rest of the preseason, but it came out that Joe Harris had this foot soreness. It was concerning, but Steve Nash said he's optimistic about Joe Harris playing opening night. It was kind of like precautionary, so it's like, okay, I, I want to believe you, but the Nets have been pretty misleading with injuries in the past and especially Joe Harris's injury last year how he got the surgery he was supposed to come back he never did had to get a second surgery so you're hoping that Joe Harris is there for opening night TJ Warren I think I mentioned this last time because I did a I did a Nets reaction right after media day and I think this news was out already but I'll just touch on it again that TJ Warren with his foot injury is going to be out till November the earliest they're going to re-evaluate him see where he's at I'm not expecting TJ back until like December like I really don't think they're going to rush him back whatsoever I think with TJ Warren, there's more of like a big picture type thing here and knowing that he can be like a, a pivotal player off the bench um, for the playoff run, hopefully. So I don't think they're going to rush TJ Warren back anytime soon. Edmund Sumner, hip injury seems day to day. And Sumner was kind of like the backup point guard in times where Ben Simmons was not out there. I mean, we saw some Sumner at backup point guard. He's like a 6'4", 6'5 guy, but Sumner's not really like a natural point guard. So, I mean, we'll touch on that later. But yeah, I mean, I think he'll have a role on this team. He kind of had like those Karis LeVert vibes, you know what I mean? Like, it's funny because I watched Sumner play when the Nets signed him, I pulled up his highlights and I'm like, whoa, this guy plays just like Karis LeVert. He had like a, a sidestep dribble into a shot and his jump shot form looked just like Karis LeVert. And then I saw a bunch of people on Nets Twitter say, oh, that he's playing a lot like Karis LeVert. And I was like, oh, it's nice to know that I'm not alone on that take because he actually looks like Karis LeVert in a way. So that's it for the injuries. I mean, you see the depth chart here on the screen. If you're listening to the podcast, of course, you know, I can read it out for you guys real quickly, but the way ESPN has the dev charge that the first unit's going to be Kyrie Irving, Joe Harris, which is a wait and see. Like I, I think Joe Harris versus Royce O'Neal for the starting job is like a legitimate debate. We'll touch on that in a second. Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, Nick Claxton. Second unit is listed as Patty Mills, Seth Curry, Royce O'Neal, TJ Warren when he's healthy, and then Dayron Sharp. You know, you have guys like Cam Thomas out there. Markeith Morris will make an impact this year, it seems like. But a guy they don't have is Utah Watanabe, who actually has had a very impressive preseason. He has size, has length, and uh, 
He's a good lefty shooter, which I like, and he's actually looked pretty good so far. Watanabe just seems like one of those guys that the Nets really could have used last year, a guy who's like 6'8", 6'9", gives you defensive effort. He can put the ball on the floor when he needs to, but can be a pretty good catch and shoot guy. I mean, he had like a down shooting year last year for the uh, Raptors, but the year prior to that, he was a pretty good shooter. So hopefully he gets that back. But Utah's a guy I like. I mean, he might be one of those guys who is like the ninth guy in the rotation or whatever. So we'll see if he gets out there. I'm sure he'll play um, pretty early in the season. Maybe as guys come back, like TJ Warren, as I mentioned, maybe Utah starts to see less playing time. But of course, TJ Warren might not be here for a while. So I, I think Utah Watanabe is going to have a shot to solidify a role on this team. Now for Joe Harris versus Royce O'Neal, that is kind of a debate here because we've seen Royce O'Neal be the starter for this team in the three games Joe Harris was out. And like, they just bring different elements to the team. It's it's pretty much, do you want better shooting or do you want a guy who is better at everything else? And with the Nets starting lineup having Nick Claxton and Ben Simmons, you can argue that the gravity that Joe Harris brings when he's on the floor and the concerns you know opponents have about him shooting three-pointers, that might be worth it right there because of the spacing on the floor because Joe Harris is a better three-point shooter than Royce O'Neal. But what Royce O'Neal does better than Joe Harris is pretty much everything else. He can put the ball on the floor better. He passes the ball better, play makes better, plays better defense, obviously. He can guard one through five, Royce O'Neal. I don't have that same confidence in Joe Harris as an all-around player, although I do love Joe. But I think you can make the argument that Royce O'Neal might be a better fit. But that's definitely an interesting one. I don't know where the Nets are going to go with that. Um, opening night, I think we'll find out, especially if Joe Harris is, in fact, active like, uh, like Steve Nash is saying right now. But with Joe Harris as well, he might take a little bit of time to get into the rhythm of things because he missed like 70%, 75% of last season. Um, as I said, he looked rusty in the preseason game that he played in and he's dealing with this uh, foot soreness now. So maybe Royce O'Neal is in fact the starter opening night. It wouldn't shock me. I don't really have a preference. You know what I mean? Like I think, as I said, both guys bring different things to the table. And I think Joe Harris's three-point shooting is so valuable to the spacing of this team with two non-shooters and Ben and Nick Claxton that it might be worth it. But you also look at Royce O'Neal's game and you can see how he makes them a better defensive team and just adds an extra playmaker, a guy that can put the ball on the floor. But also, last night versus the Timberwolves, we saw that Royce O'Neal had a couple of wide-open corner threes. I think he missed three of them, actually. And Joe Harris is at least making one of those. So like, you can make the argument that, okay, maybe Joe Harris is the better you know, option for the starting lineup. I don't know what they're going to do. Joe Harris is the longest tenure net. Maybe they just give him the nod because, you know, he's been here for a while and he's been here since Steve Nash has been here. I wrote down Utah Watanabe versus Kessler Edwards. I don't think it's much of a debate anymore. I think Kessler Edwards has kind of disappointed us so far. I was hoping that over the offseason, he would just become a better dribbler, more confident player. I have not seen it so far. So I think Kessler's kind of out of the rotation right now. If it were up to me, I would just send him down to the uh, the G League and just let him play more because I feel like he just needs more reps. But I think Watanabe definitely has him beat out. Markeith Morris versus Daron Sharp at the five. That's kind of a concern for this team is the backup five. Is Daron Sharp ready? Daron's a young guy. He's like 20, 21 years old. So Daron Sharp versus Markeith Morris. Markeith, I mean, I've been impressed in preseason so far, and he also brings a different attitude, which I love. He doesn't back down from anybody. But Markeith Morris is a bit of a smaller guy. 
guy. Like when I think of Markeith Morris, I think like, oh, he's a small forward. So Markeith is listed as 6'9", 245. And then Dayron Sharp is also 6'9", but he's 265. So Dayron has 20 pounds on him, according to ESPN here. And when I think of Dayron Sharp, I think of him as a natural center. You would like your center to be 6'11", 7 foot, but you don't see many of those these days anyway. So putting Markeith Morris at center you are like losing a bit of like girth, I guess you can say. And I do think that Dayron is probably a better rebounder, but Markeith Morris brings different things to the table. Markeith Morris at least has a respectable three-point shot. Markeith Morris can, you know, have some nice offensive plays in the post. He can size guys up and then like shoot a 15-footer. We've seen some of those in preseason so far. And as I mentioned, he brings a different attitude. And Markeith Morris has played in plenty of big games. He has been around for a long time now. So my guess is that to start the regular season, we're going to see more of Markeith Morris at the backup center role when Claxton comes out. Um, I think Dayron's had a pretty impressive preseason for the most part. Like he's done a really good job at finishing at the rim, catching those like, you know, pick and roll bounce passes from guys like Simmons and Kyrie finishing at the rim. So I think Dayron's been all right with that. He made his free throws last night too, which was good to see. So I think Dayron's not a guy, I, I don't want to give up on him. And as I'm looking now, he is only 20 years old. So I don't want to give up on him, but you also have to keep in mind that like this team is going to compete. This this Nets team is not going to tank for Victor like some teams will this year. This Nets team is going to be all in right now. So I don't know how many minutes Dayron Sharp will get. I'm sure he'll play in some mop-up duties when games are like kind of out of hand or in the fourth quarter when games are out of hand. But I do think the Nets main center rotation will be a mixture of Nick Claxton. Sometimes you'll throw Ben Simmons there when you need to, and then sometimes you're, you're going to throw Markeith Morris there. So I don't know how much room there is for De'Aaron Sharp to get consistent minutes with this Nets team. This is an interesting one. Patty Mills versus Cam Thomas. I almost said Cam Newton, but no, Cam Thomas. So Cam Thomas has had some decent moments in preseason, but moments where you could tell his IQ has to get a bit better. Like there, there's just too many times where Cam Thomas is just not understanding what the offense needs from him at that point. And sometimes the defensive rotations are not good enough and staying in front of his man on defense. But you can make similar arguments for Patty Mills. There were two separate occasions, maybe three in this preseason, where Patty Mills was guarding his guy like near half court and fell for a back door. And, you know, had the Nets in like an undermanned situation because Patty Mills had to overcommit and play his guy to half court. Like Patty Mills was making some bad mistakes himself. And like, I think Patty's handle may have gotten a bit better in the offseason, but it's still not that good. And at least Patty Mills is older. He's been to the finals. He has that experience. But Cam Thomas is that young guy, 20, 21 year old. I think he just turned 21 actually the other day. So happy birthday, Cam. But he has a lot more upside than Patty Mills does. Like if you tell me you want a guy to get you a bucket one on one, I am picking Cam Thomas, you know, <laughs> every single day over Patty Mills, but if you ask me, you need a guy to make a big three-point shot in the clutch, I'm going to pick Patty Mills over Cam Thomas right now, so it's different things. Um, I'm hoping that Cam Thomas gets to play at some point, but once again, this Nets team is not a team in the position to really have time to care about the development of their guys that are 19, 20, 21 years old. I think the Nets are just in a win now mode and like they don't have time to worry about the development of Cam Thomas and Daron Sharp. That stuff is on the back burner. They don't care about that right now. There may come a point in December, January during that slow part, the dog days of the NBA season where 
you know, you see those guys play a bit more. Maybe guys are held out due to injury or maybe, you know, Kyrie has a night off or something like that. Ben Simmons has a night off and you can play those guys more. But I just think they will not get consistent minutes. And I think guys like Cam Thomas and guys like De'Aaron Sharp, they would benefit playing more, obviously, but I just don't know how many minutes they can get on this team. So I think with Steve Nash and Patty Mills' relationship, I think Patty Mills will play over Cam Thomas to start the year, but I don't know how long that will last for. I think Patty Mills has kind of been a negative so far. His defense has been atrocious, and if he's not making his three-point shots, I mean, he's not really useful for this team. So I don't know what's going to happen there. I'm still amazed that Patty Mills got a contract extension that pays him more money, but I guess it is what it is at this point. Now, backup point guard is going to be interesting. You have Ben Simmons, the main ball handler. We've seen Kyrie be the ball handler in the times where Ben Simmons gets off the floor. And by the way, the, the way Steve Nash has played the rotation so far is that, if, of course, the big three starts the game out. Ben Simmons, Kyrie, KD, they start the game together. But Ben Simmons has been the first guy to the bench out of that group. They'll bench Ben Simmons first and keep Kyrie and Katie on the floor, and then they'll put Ben Simmons back in the game to play with the second unit. So it seems like, you know, for majority of the time, Kyrie and mostly Ben Simmons will be the ball handlers, point guards for this team. But my question is that when Seth Curry comes back, do they put Seth Curry as a more of a point guard? Because I think Seth Curry last year did prove he's a better playmaker than we give him credit for. Now, if Ben Simmons is on the floor with Seth Curry, Ben Simmons is going to be the point guard. If Kyrie's on the floor if Kyrie's on the floor with Seth Curry, then maybe Seth Curry plays more point guard there. But for the most part, it's going to be Ben. It's going to be Kyrie. But I do think Seth Curry has a shot because he did look pretty good as the point guard for this team last year during that horrible stretch back in like late February when, you know, KD was still out and Kyrie was, you know, dealing with the mandates and Harden just left. So let's look at some of the weaknesses of this Nets team. What can hold them back this year? First one I have is backup point guard. This is in no particular order, but backup point guard. I mentioned it, you know, Ben, Kyrie, your main point guards, but they also played Edmund Sumner at point guard in the preseason. And like, you just don't want to see that. As I mentioned, he's not a natural point guard. So that would be a bit of a weird like fit right there for the Nets backup point guard spot. Backup center, is De'Aaron Sharp good enough? Is it Markeith Morris who's a bit undersized? Like how do the Nets want to go at backup center? Of course, every Nets fan in the world is going to bring up the name Miles Turner at some point this year, especially if Joe Harris continues to get hurt. But um, for right now, at least on the roster, it's De'Aaron Sharp or it's Markeith Morris. I think Markeith Morris gets the first shot at it, but you also look at that spot and think, hey, the Nets could use an upgrade at the backup center spot, so maybe a trade happens at some point in the season, we'll see. Another main concern is the health and how do they face adversity. Of course, this Nets team has so many guys coming off injuries. I mean, of course, Kevin Durant the past couple of years has dealt with injuries. Kind of a freak injury last year with the MCL sprain, but even the year before that, it was the hamstring issue. I know that was kind of like the, the health and safety protocols kind of mess with that as well. But Kevin Durant has to be on the floor. Kyrie Irving has an injury history. He's been healthier the past couple years, I feel like. Of course, the ankle turn in the Bucks series was kind of like a freak accident. But outside of that, Kyrie, since his shoulder injury in his first year in Brooklyn, has not really been that injury prone, thank God. So hopefully that keeps up. Ben Simmons, of course, back surgery, hasn't played, you know, in a regular season game in a long time. 
You have Joe Harris with the new foot soreness, Seth Curry with his injuries with the ankle, TJ Warren with the injuries. There's just so many injury concerns on this team. Even Nick Claxton has not played over like 45 games in a season so far in his career. So there's injury concerns everywhere with this team. And how do they face adversity? You had your, your best player, Kevin Durant, you know, basically demand a trade this offseason. And I, I do think looking back on it, that might be a good thing because it really woke people up in this organization. But, you know, how do the Nets face adversity when these injuries happen, when they lose three, four games in a row? How do they respond? Like who steps up? Who's going to be the vocal leader? I know that there are some leaders on this team, guys like, you know, Patty Mills, who I guess, I don't know, like Patty Mills, I feel like his leadership might be kind of phony sometimes in the same way that Russell Wilson is. Like, it just seems like it's, He's trying too hard. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't really know if Patty Mills is like a genuine leader, but I don't know. He's a definitely a positive vibes type guy. But I look at guys like Royce O'Neal, guys like Markeith Morris. Those guys are more like authentic, I guess is the best way to put it. So those guys can be leaders as well and try to just, you know, work through the adversity when it strikes. And then you have Steve Nash. I mean, Steve Nash last year was not very good. Uh, the Nets brought in some new coaches. Igor Kakasko has been more of like the offensive guy so far this year. And the Nets have looked better. They're running a lot more like complex offensive sets as compared to last year. A lot of screens this year, some dribble handoffs with Ben Simmons to Kevin Durant, which I liked. So there is more ball movement, more off ball screens, more guys moving without the basketball. The offense looks better from like a schematical standpoint, but I don't know. Steve Nash, as we know from last year, was not that great of a coach. I know that there was a lot of adversity last year. The Nets season last year, they faced more adversity in one season than some teams will face in five. So, you know, it was a tough year for Steve Nash overall, but just Nash just looked outmatched many times as a coach last season. Now the good for this Brooklyn Nets team, as I mentioned, Kyrie Irving looks locked in, playing very hard on defense. He just has a different attitude this year. He's not like, he just wants to play to do the talking. He is not running his mouth. He wants to play to do the talking. He has shown that so far. Nick Claxton looks bigger. He looks better. So I think Nick Claxton can definitely have a big year. A lot of dunks, a lot of blocks. You know, hopefully he can be that starting center that stays healthy for 60, 65 or more games. Seems like Ben Simmons got his swagger back, especially in that Bucks game. He had like that arrogance to him that we saw back in Philly. He would kind of like grin and and just kind of just had like that vibe that he was the best player on the floor. Like, like, I don't know if that's necessarily true when you're on the same floor with guys like Giannis and Kevin Durant and Kyrie, but at least Ben Simmons had that same arrogance that he had back with the Sixers. So we saw that show up in the preseason. And like overall, there's just a different vibe with this team. They just seem so focused. They, they just want to improve from what happened last year and just prove people wrong. Um, and this Nets team has a lot to prove. We know that. Last year did not go the way that they expected it to go. It was very disappointing based on the, the Kyrie absence and Harden leaving and Ben Simmons never playing and eventually getting swept by the Celtics. This team has a lot to prove. Kyrie had that quote saying he never felt that embarrassed leaving a game after leaving game four versus the Celtics. I mean, you know, guys, even Kevin Durant, his first three games in the Boston series were terrible. He has a lot to prove. And Ben Simmons, I mean, my God, that guy gets crapped on by the by the media more than anybody. So Ben Simmons has a lot to prove in his own right. So some of the main guys on this team have a lot to prove. Joe Harris has to prove he's still that same guy, still one of the best three-point shooters in the league when he comes back healthy, hopefully. So my like expectation for this team this year is, you know, if they're healthy and let's say Ben, Kyrie, and Kevin Durant play, each play over 60 games, which, you know, I hope that happens. If that happens, they can be like a 
a team in the mid-50s when it comes to wins. They can be somewhere from 54 to 56 wins maybe if those guys stay healthy throughout the season. Now, if they are a team that's often injured and guys are in and out of the lineup and they can't really grow their chemistry like we saw the past couple years, then this team might be somewhere in the high 40s when it comes to wins or even mid-40s. Like We saw it last year. They got by because Kevin Durant like just carried them to so many wins, but I don't know. This team has more depth this year, which is nice. I think they can survive more injuries if it happens this year, but still, if you're missing guys like Durant for a long stretch or even Kyrie for a full stretch or Ben Simmons for, or for a long stretch, you know, this team's not going to be as good as we want it to be, so they could be somewhere from the high 40s to the mid 50s, depending on how healthy they are. As I've said in the offseason, I still think Milwaukee, Boston, they're better than us right now. We have a lot to prove. But if the Nets actually play to their you know, full potential, which we did see in the preseason at some points, they could be the best team in this conference. That's not like too far-fetched to say. I mean, when this team's clicking, they look great. They've been pushing the ball very well in transition. We saw some awesome passes in transition. Like Ben Simmons had an insane pass, I think, maybe it was the Timberwolves game, where the, I think it was D'Angelo Russell missed a free throw, and then Ben Simmons got the rebound and threw it full court to uh, somebody. I forget who it was now. It might have been Kyrie. I think Ben Simmons got the rebound on a his foul shot and threw like a full court pass to Kyrie for a layup. We also saw Kyrie have a great outlet pass to Nick Claxton for a dunk in the early third quarter against the, who the hell was that? I think that was the Heat game on uh, the second preseason game. So like the Nets have been much better with pushing the pace. I know with James Harden last year, we didn't see a lot of that. James Harden liked to dribble the ball up the, uh, the floor slowly and, and kind of get into his sets and sometimes waste a lot of time on the shot clock, which I was not a fan of. But this Nets team, is a lot more of like running gun this year, which is going to be fun to watch. And even that led to some Kevin Durant threes where he was trailing and like just got wide open looks. Like guys were getting good looks in transition. Even Kyrie Irving trailing the play, getting an open look from three. Those are high percentage plays and high percentage shots. So I like when the Nets push the ball in transition. And with the shooters they have trailing the play, it's going to be pretty deadly. So hopefully they keep doing that. They can push the pace with even Nick Claxton. He's a center that can move. So that's going to help out a lot. So before we close things out, we do have a couple of questions here, actually three of them. So thanks to those who asked the questions. First one, will they have enough to make a run to the finals? Can Irving and Durant actually coexist? Does Ben Simmons game actually work in today's modern game? I have my opinions about this, but I would like to hear your opinions. So my answer is yes. If things do break right for this team, I think they have the talent to make a finals run. Of course, things have to go right. These stars have to stay healthy. You know, deaf guys like Joe Harris, they have to... Uh, you know, at least stay kind of healthy this year as compared to last year. And as I mentioned, maybe this team makes a couple of trades. Maybe they just pick up a guy who was, uh, you know, waived or something like Goran Dragic and Blake Griffin, LaMarcus Aldridge the past couple of years. Maybe something like that happens. Now for Durant and Kyrie, can they coexist? I actually didn't bring this up, but I wanted to. So last year, it felt like so much was asked of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving when um, the final month or two of the season when Kyrie's mandate thing was lifted. It just seemed like for the Nets to have a chance to win those games that Kyrie or Katie or both had to just go off to win those games. Now it feels like there's a lot less pressure on those guys. Of course, they're going to get the most shots on the team. We know that. 
but it just feels like now with Ben Simmons just being like the guy who orchestrates the offense, there is so much less pressure on those guys. And Kyrie Irving was like the main point guard last year towards the end of the season and the playoffs. Now you have Ben Simmons that can just find open guys. So it's not as heavily reliant on Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, which I think is great. Now for Ben Simmons, I mean, look, if Simmons didn't play great defense, I would not like his role as much on this team. But what Ben Simmons brings this team as compared to James Harden is just balance. I mean, with James Harden, the Nets' goal every night was to go out there and win every game 142 to 135. Like, it, it was that kind of, like, you know, mindset. But with Ben Simmons, they are such a better defensive team. Picking up Royce O'Neal helps and Nick Claxton still being here helps, like guys like that. But Ben Simmons, as compared to James Harden on the defensive end, is just a night and day difference. And we saw Ben Simmons go toe-to-toe with Giannis against him. We saw Ben Simmons guard Carl um, Anthony Towns. He did get in foul trouble, but he looked okay at some points as well. So Ben Simmons can guard the opponent's best player. James Harden was not going to do that. So I love having Ben because he makes the Nets more of a balanced team. And the Nets have a chance to be a top 10 offense and a top 10 defense. With Harden here, not to like take shots at Harden, they're different players, but with Harden, the Nets had like historically the best offense of all time when those guys played together. But without Harden and now having Simmons, they can have a top 10 defense and a top 10 offense. So if there's an off shooting night, their defense can keep them in games. If they have a crappy defensive night, there's still enough offense for this team to win. So I think they're just a more well-balanced team. I like that for the playoffs. And I do like their depth a lot more than what they had last year. Even guys like Utah Watanabe, that's going to help. Having guys like Seth Curry as not one of your top five players like he was last year, that's going to help as well. Having Joe Harris back, that's going to help. Like I know the Nets got swept by Boston last year. It sucked, but they were without Ben Simmons without Joe Harris. I mean, this Nets team was not nearly as good as what they are right now. And the Nets obviously have the talent to beat any team any given night, and they have some great players. I think Kyrie's going to have a fantastic year. Kevin Durant, we know what he does. And for Ben Simmons, I mean, look, this team is not going to ask that much of him. I think it's a more relaxed atmosphere for Ben as compared to Philly, where he was like the second best player. Now he's the Nets' third best player. He can focus on defense more, and it's just a better fit for everybody. So yeah, I think if things break right, this Nets team can compete for the finals. I know there's teams like Milwaukee, Boston, maybe even Philly, uh, Miami that you're scared of, but like the Nets, I think, can beat any of those teams in a seven-game series if they're healthy. Next question from Kendrick. This is a good one. Do you see the Nicholas Claxton and Ben Simmons duo working? Or will we eventually move on and get a big that can shoot alongside Simmons? So yeah, it is a great question. Um, We've seen moments where it can work. And what I love about Claxton and Simmons is not offensively, but defensively. Because we even saw, like, throughout Nick Claxton's career, he can guard a one through five. Ben Simmons can guard a one through five. So the switchability with those guys is awesome. If, like, an opponent runs a pick and roll and Ben Simmons is guarding the point guard... I mean, it doesn't even make a difference. Ben Simmons can pick up the guy setting the screen, and then Nick Claxton can pick up the guard on the outside. It doesn't matter. So those guys playing together defensively is amazing. I love having that. Offensively, that's the question, but I think it can work. I mean, we saw a play where there was a dump-off pass to Ben Simmons near the foul line. He threw a lob to Nick Claxton for a dunk. I think there is enough spacing on the floor, especially if Joe Harris is in the starting lineup. They can, they're going to have Joe Harris... Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, three guys that are absolute snipers. And I know having Nick Claxton and Ben Simmons kind of takes some space away. 
But Nick Claxton mainly is going to be in that dunker spot under the basket and probably playing some of the baseline as well. But Ben Simmons is mostly going to be the guy with the ball in his hands trying to set up an open shooter. So you have three shooters. You have Nick Claxton, um, you know, possibly for lobs and getting offensive rebounds. I think it can work. Would it be more ideal, of course, if Nick Claxton can stretch the floor and shoot threes? Absolutely. But I do think despite Simmons and Claxton not being jump shot type threats, I do think this can work because of how great Joe Harris is at shooting and Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. Maybe it's not as good with Royce O'Neal, but I do think these guys are still talented enough where it can work. It's not going to look ugly. So as I said, maybe their offense won't be as dominant as when they had like Harden and Kyrie, KD, Jeff Green, and Blake Griffin when he was making threes. Like it's not going to be that great, but their offense will still be good regardless. So I'm not that worried about it right now. Danny Gonzalez, do you see any role for Cam Thomas this season? And if not, considering we have another mediocre season at the trade deadline, would you pull the trigger on young star Cam Thomas and trade him for Miles Turner? Personally, I don't see nothing special in Cam. He's expendable in my opinion. Um, yeah, I mean, as I alluded to before, the Nets are not in a position to wait around for a guy's development. I mean, Cam Thomas is a, you know, freshly 21-year-old guy who is going to start the year behind Patty Mills most likely. If Patty Mills is a disaster this year and Seth Curry continues to have ankle issues, then maybe Cam Thomas is not so expendable. But right now, at least assuming Curry will be fine, he is pretty expendable. And if you can get Miles Turner, like if the Nets can flip a trade where it's like, Joe Harris, Cam Thomas, and like one of their future picks for Miles Turner, assuming Miles Turner's healthy himself, maybe that's enough to get it done. But I do think any of these guys, you know, the young guys, whether it's Dayron, Cam, they can be flipped for a more proven veteran player like a Miles Turner or somebody else. Like I do think if the Nets do feel at the trade deadline, they are one piece away. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna flip one of these guys. They're not gonna wait around for the development of Cam Thomas. Um, I know Durant likes Cam, I get that, but like Miles Turner, I think, would be worth it if he's healthy. So to start the year, I don't know if Cam has much of a role. But as I said, if Patty Mills is a liability defensively, which could be the case, and he's not making his shots, which could be the case, then yeah, Cam Thomas may get some more run here. And Seth Curry's health depends on that as well. But yeah, as I said, I think it's a possibility for sure. And I think if you're a team like the Pacers, I mean, you're not playing for much this year. You look at Cam Thomas as a 21-year-old that can put the ball in the basket at a very high level. You're going to have like you know a few years to develop him in the NBA. That's going to be a great situation for Indiana. So maybe they would like that as well. Not so much for Joe Harris. He's just an extra big contract to throw in that trade to get Turner back and make it work with the cap. Cam Thomas getting playing time in Indiana is not that bad of an idea. And last one from Lane, all hoops boops. That's how we're going to end this one. So all hoops boops is how we end this one. Uh, longer video, but I appreciate the questions. It was nice to read some of those and they were good questions for sure. Um, look, man, I mean, I don't know what else to say. I mean, this Nets team doesn't have the expectations they had last year. Um, I'm not going into this year expecting a championship. I'm not. I think maybe my opinion might change if they come out and play very well. I know they have a very tough schedule to start the year. Like even their first five games, New Orleans, Toronto, Memphis, Milwaukee, Dallas. I mean, that's, that's not easy. If you can get out of there at three and two, that's probably ideal. So, you know, we'll find out what happens with this team, but I'm just praying that they stay healthy. I just want to see how it looks when they're all out there. If they lose because of talent, it is what it is. But if they lose again because of being injured for the third year in a row, that's going to be pretty crappy. So hopefully that's not the case. But anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed the video. Once again, leave in the comments 
your expectations for this year. Leave a five-star review on the podcast, all that good stuff. Like the video. And I will talk to you guys either after opening night versus the Pelicans, or if not, probably after that second game uh, versus Toronto. So I'll talk to you guys soon, and thanks for watching.